Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 135 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott joining you in Oilers Now. Italia Royal Pizza, Pizza Pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Now Royal Pizza is offering curbside pickup and takeout options. For the menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The stopper recommendation at Royal Pizza. We're going to go with Mediterranean chicken. Uh, we've got lots more responses on if uh, who would you like to see the next docu series on this in lieu of the success of Last Dance? And you can text us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. A voice from the past. That's on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. A voice from the past, aka the Chisler out of Vegas, says there should be two point five episodes on you, Bob, from nineteen eighty seven where there was no question you were once a great athlete. Oh, I don't know about that. I think that might be a bit of a reach. Uh, some terrific ideas. Phil, the fear fan, uh, the uh, fear of the fin fan out of San Jose, is uh, gonna. he's gone with Tiger Woods and John McEnroe because they both attended Stanford. Another texter says, what about Jerry Rice? Again, you can text us 780-496-0063. Bob, what about Pete Rose or Guy Lafleur? Well, let's ask our next guest. He's got a website called Puckpedia. He's initially from Edmonton, and we welcome to the show Hart Levine. Hart, how are you? Great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So you grew up here? Sure did, yeah. Uh, I lived there my whole life until the last couple of years. And you're now down in uh, California? Yeah, upgraded on the weather, for sure. All right. Well, that's a uh, way to go on the lip. Uh, hey, we're going to throw a curveball at you. Before we get to your Puckpedia poll, which was really interesting to me, uh, if you had your druthers and they did a docuseries on a on a former current athlete, who would you throw out there? I'd go with Gordy Howe. Uh, good long career, touched on a bunch of different uh, decades, um, 
you could see how the game changed throughout his career. And um, I think it'd be uh, really interesting and a little bit not someone that gets talked about as much recently. And I think just like the last dance, uh, reminding people of Jordan's greatness, I think it'd, it'd be good to remind people of uh, Gordy Howe's greatness. Oh, yeah, the other thing it would certainly do is reinforce, you know, how much, frankly, tougher the game was back then, more physical. We've seen that with uh, the NBA, and I think we all know that's the case with the NHL. Tell us, what does Puckpedia do? Tell us about sort of the origin of your website and kind of what it does. So Puckpedia is the ultimate source for hockey fans and professionals. So it has all the salary cap information you could want, as well as uh, player injury news, um, basic stats, advanced stats. And so it's basically a place where a fan can go and get everything they need in all one spot. The other thing that only Puckpedia has is agent information. So we have the agent leaderboard, which shows all of the NHL agents um, ranked by how much they have under contract right now. And then each agent has a page, and you can see all the clients that they represent. So it's a you know, really cool place to go and, and see what some of the relationships are in the game. Uh, you, we often hear about signings and trades, and um, you know, as fans, it's kind of be forgotten sometimes that there's a, a human element and those relationships between the agents and the GMs um, often play into things. So um, I think that's uh, it's definitely an area that gets a lot of attention as all of our agent information on the site. I know we've referenced Jerry Johansson a bit from the Sports Corporation. He's Edmonton-based. Rich Winner, who doesn't carry quite the stable that he once had. Uh, those two were business partners at one time with the Sports Corporation. Uh, Rich is still in town. Um and we, we try to have, you know, we, we usually, uh, if we're going to go to a guy, Jerry's kind of a guy. I got to chuckle because one of your uh, one of your survey questions, you ended up doing this this survey where you read how many different agents actually responded uh, to your request for the answer in the survey. I had 25 agents answer the majority of the questions. I got a real chuckle because one of the questions you asked uh, is who's got the uh, uh, what's what's the toughest contract for a team to currently be dealing with right maybe I'm paraphrasing maybe you could get more specific to what the question was again uh, what's the what current contract is the worst from a team perspective and Jerry had the number one and number two guys. <laughs> Blue Cheech and Seabrook, yeah. Yeah, so uh, now, now there's two different ways. to. There's more than one way to look at this. Some would say that's just good agent work on his part. And others would say, you know, and, and my theory on this is I think Jerry's such an agreeable guy. I think it has. So you came up with a bunch of different topics. So tell our listeners, uh, if you could, Hart, about the different sort of uh, topics that you were looking for a response from for the agents. Sure. So there was basically kind of three categories. Uh, the first were CBA topics. So we asked their ideas on their opinions and ideas on things like um, what age should the NHL draft be? How would they change the CBA? How would they want to change things like the entry level system and arbitration? The next section was their opinions on GMs. Um, so who's the toughest GM to deal with? Who, which GM do, would they want to deal with if they have to get a great deal for their client? And then questions on players like um, you mentioned, what's the worst from a team perspective? What's the worst from a player perspective? And then uh, got into questions like uh, about the agency business and the league overall. So do they think there will be a lockout? Um, what, how would they grow league revenues? And then who, what agent would they want to represent a family member? Um, if it wasn't themselves or, or one of their um, colleagues, so um, yeah, there were some good some good uh, answers in there, and, it, and most of the questions were quite open ended. I didn't try to push them into multiple choice, so um, it really let them show, especially on the CBA questions. They got a lot of different.
different ideas and opinions from them. All right. Well, let's get to a couple of those. Uh, we'll save the one for which agent would you want representing a family member because it's going to tie into a guest we have on tomorrow's show. Uh, I did find the response to this question. What age should players be eligible for the draft? And uh, the the vote was 52% for 18, 44% for 19, and 4% for 20. So you had 25 guys. So obviously 13 of the 25 agents responded saying keep the draft at 18. But basically it's a 50-50. I got to tell you, I'm a little surprised because agents start making money once their players start getting paid. And you would think, in theory, that the younger age benefits the agency, would it not? Well, they get paid on what the how much money that the player actually gets. So if they're signing entry level deals and they're playing in the minors, you know they're not making much money off the minor off the AHL salary. And you know I think a lot of these guys now they sign they're young. They're, uh, some of them don't end up getting entry level deals. I think it's just a lot of uncertainty um, when you're when you're drafting players at that age. So um, you know reading between the lines of some of the comments that they've added to that, I think it's just they would give them a, a better level of certainty. The players would reach the NHL um, faster, and I think it would also help with the second contracts too, um, because the you know during the term of their entry level deal they might be more NHL years as opposed to you know, maybe a couple of years in the minors and just like a half season or the last season in the NHL. So I think that might be leading to some of it um, with their agent hat on, and I think maybe some of it is just as a NHL fan hat them thinking that it would be more interesting if the players getting drafted were a little closer to playing. Yeah, and I guess I'm looking at the top end guys that are capable of playing at 18. I, I like Connor McDavid could have played in the NHL at 17. He was that good, right? So I, I'm looking at it from a little bit different perspective. This is another question with Puckpedia that I found interesting, Hart. If you could change one element of the CBA other than the 50-50 split on the share of revenue, what would it be? And the options were earlier UFA, uh, increase ELC pay, no escrow, earlier waiver eligibility. I was surprised that there wasn't a, uh, you know, an increase in ELC pay. I would have thought that would have been an automatic. So just give me your perspectives on that. Yeah, I found that interesting. And then um, I asked specifically about how they would change the entry-level system, and the top answer was more pay for entry-level. And I asked about how they would change arbitration, and the top answer was earlier arbitration. So if you take all those answers together, including that they're one, the most popular changes were earlier UFA pay and, and, sorry, earlier UFA status and increased entry-level pay, it shows that they support, um, when you take those all into account, they support the pay shifting from the older players to the younger players because all of those ideas would increase the pay that these players younger in their career would receive. And since it's a fixed pool of money, that means it's coming out at the expense of someone else, which would be the older players. So whether they consciously were thinking that we want to shift the money to the younger players or that, or they just feel like these specific areas are changes to make, but that's the consequence of making all those changes. They would shift the pool. And I think in some respects that's, that's probably more equitable because when you look at the contributions that the younger players are making, um, there's certainly, when that's related to how much they get paid, it's not quite um, equitable compared to the older players who are often getting paid for what they used to do, not what they're going to be doing during the course of the contract. We're joined by Hart Levine from Puckpedia. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers now. He's got a, a three-part sort of questionnaire with some really interesting responses. And one of the questions in the agent poll was, who's the toughest GM to deal with? Was there any surprise that Lou Lamarillo was the number one choice? 
No, I, when I did the write-up on it, that was the, that's what I wrote. This was the least surprising answer. Uh, I, just even when I'm trying to reach out to agents to sometimes get some contract information, and that often when it has anything to do with uh, with Lou, it's like, no, can't can't help you. Lou will kill me. So I, I, I kind of had a sense that he's the most difficult to deal with. Um, so no, that was the least surprising answer. I got I got to tell you, I didn't find it surprising either. It said to get a great deal from your client. Uh, what GM would you want to deal with the most? I'm not surprised for a second that Kyle Dubas, who's seen as a boy wonder, uh, certainly by, I would say, many of the 35 and under types um, that are either in the media or on the periphery of the media, some of the analytics type guys, they love Kyle Dubas. But the fact is, I mean, he's got three players at $11 million per year uh, on a stable and another guy at seven at forward. Um I'm going to guess you weren't surprised either that the agents would think that Dubas might be the easiest guy to get a good deal with. I wasn't surprised that he received some votes. I was surprised he was actually the only one that received multiple votes. That was surprising. You know, maybe we'll cut him a little bit of slack and, and think that he's definitely handed out the, the biggest con- biggest contracts over the last uh, you know 18 months so that's probably fresh in the agent's mind and and you know there's definitely an argument that there was a bit of an overpay um, and, and maybe something around uh, you know kind of the newer young guy and they feel more confident um, kind of going against him than than a grizzled veteran that's uh, maybe not so easy to deal with like loose so I guess that's not surprising but you know I wonder you know if we do this again in a year or two and there's some other big contracts what might come out I, I mean certainly um, you know after dry side'll sign um, I know some agents and some teams were saying, oh, that's a big overpay, um, and, you know, look how that's changed. So everything changes with some perspective. So I'd be curious to see um, what this would look like uh, with a little bit of distance. Well, we're going to take that in a different direction. One of the questions you have in your poll is, what is the most team-friendly contract? Now, agents will tell you a team-friendly contract is a bad contract. At least some agents would suggest that. And there's no surprise who came number one there. No surprise, Nathan McKinnon was number one. What was a surprise, though, tied for second was David Pasternak. Not a surprise, but the second or the other one tied for second was Callie Yarncroft. Not not really a name that you think about too much. He's on a six-year deal with a two million dollar cap hit. Um, and honestly, I when when I saw those answers, I went to go look up his stats just. Because again, he's not someone that you think about a lot. But you know, he's been averaging 14 goals, 30 points the last few years, and this year he had 15 goals um, in 64 games. So it's certainly not a superstar. But I think for him, it's uh, you know a good deal at two million. But it's also that he's locked in for six years. Whereas you see, you know, you see in free agency these guys that come off a good year or two, then they hit free agency and now they have to get overpaid. So the fact that he's locked in at that uh, amount was interesting. And then. Uh, right behind that was Kevin LeBanc, one year, one million. He he didn't have a great season this year, but I know in the summer when he signed that deal, I saw I got a lot of comments from agents like wondering what was going on with that. Like, why would he sign such a low deal? He must really be banking on himself to come out with a big, huge year and kind of take that gamble. So that was also a name not surprised to see on the list considering the the reaction from some agents last summer. We're talking about Puckpedia's agent poll with Hart Levine and Hart. Uh, what's the best idea to grow league revenue? And you got a wide range of responses there. 
wide range. The most popular was go to Asia or Europe, get more exposure there, which I found interesting considering, you know, we skipped the Olympics um, in that market and we have another Olympics still coming in that market. So it shows that uh, the agents really support that. But yeah, definitely a wide uh, variety. The next one was uh, growing the grassroots hockey in non-traditional markets. So I think that's kind of related to just expanding the exposure, getting getting more people playing hockey across the world. And then the one that I kind of expected to be um, top but came in third was gambling, which I think um, is definitely a, a source for more revenue for the league. And w- especially since the league revenues are going to take such a big hit with everything going on, it be interesting to see how they can leverage gambling to, um, to offset some of that loss. All right, and final one for you because it's going to tie into a guest that we have on tomorrow's show. What agent, not from your current agency, would you most want to represent a family member, and what did Puckpedia's agent poll uh, response get to that? So the top agent was Elaine Waugh from uh, his his own agency, RSG. Um, I'm not surprised. Just Well, in my dealings with him, he's a very, very friendly, outgoing guy, and I've heard media people speak of him fondly. So he's an, out, he's an outstanding guy. He's a great guy yeah, to deal with. Great guy. Um, but you never know what the agents is. And also, I was curious, he's always ranked in the top two or three uh, most active NHL contracts. So he's kind of a, a both a volume guy, and he also, as a former Olympic goalie, he kind of specializes in goaltenders, too. But I, I was curious to see how other agents would uh, look at him. But, yeah, he was he got the most votes and uh, tied for the next was uh, Don Baisley who's you know always well very highly spoken of and then Kent Hughes um, from uh, Cortex who's a, a veteran agent as well and then a bunch of guys received one vote so there wasn't a, a massive consensus but um, definitely um, yeah good to see a good guy and I'll let him off finish first and Don Baisley's passed away uh, Steve Kotlowitz got a vote he's not, he's not as active as he used to be either is he no, he's not in the business anymore. Um, but for, for these questions and for the GM questions, I, I made them all current or former, so they kind of opened it up to whoever they wanted to answer. And there's a couple other sort of former agents on there. Maybe that just indicates that the agents have a, have a hard time giving credit to their current competitors, so it was easy to vote for someone that's uh, no longer in the business. Hart, how do uh, people follow you and how do people access the website and check out the poll? I know we've tweeted it out from our Oilers Now account, but uh, give us some information. There. The website is puckpedia.com. I'm on Twitter at puckpedia. If you go on the website on the top, uh, very top under latest news, you see the link to the poll. And if you follow on Twitter, I've been tweeting out lots of uh, links to it um, with showing some of the questions. And um, I think it's, it's got a lot of response. I think it's really interesting to see the insight from the agents that so they're not really a group that is uh, polled or, or their opinions shared as often. All right, great. I found it really interesting. Hart, thank you for your time. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. You bet. That's Hart Levine joining us from Puckpedia. It is 152 in Edmonton. Uh, we are going to get first to this day in Oilers history. And back at the 630 Chad Studios, here's Brendan Escott. No, I was uh, sending off Hart. You looking for this day in Oilers history? Probably. I am. I just thought, <laughs> boom, we got three minutes left here. So let's get yeah, to it. Yeah, so on this day back in 2006, the Oilers get goals from Chris Pronger and Fernando Pisani before Mike Pekka added the empty netter. That pushed the Oilers past the Anaheim Ducks 3-1 in Game 2 of the Western Conference Final. Pekka and Pisani each finished with a goal and an assist. Dwayne Rollison turned aside 33 of 34 shots. Oilers got up 3-0 in that series. Uh... 
Ducks won game four in Edmonton. Oilers ran through a, an illness bout, and you heard Ethan Morrow a couple of weeks ago. They had to win game five in Anaheim. He was concerned that they were running out of some juice there in the uh, Western Conference Final at that time. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. And uh, on our Ashley Fine Floors text line, you know, it's this sort of text right here that I love. Uh, Rory asks, Bob, what's your second favorite type of pizza from uh, Royal Pizza? Well, you know I like Mediterranean chicken, but I'll go beet lovers. There you go. Somebody said, uh, Bob, a 10-part docuseries, what about Al Bundy or Mike Tyson? Well, I mean, you could argue that Al Bundy had, like, I don't know, you know, married with children. How many episodes were there of that? He's kind of already been there and done that. I'm told he was an incredible running back back in his day, Al Bundy. Uh, another texter says, uh, docuseries, what about Larry Bird? Uh, texter out of Edmonton says, Bob, Jerry Rice would be an interesting documentary. Uh, lots of terrific ideas. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. I'm sure uh, Jack uh, Michaels will have a thought on this tomorrow. iMac has texted the show to say, Bob, Paul Korea. Hmm. Speaking of the Ducks, and uh, this texter gets it. He's got two names. Bo Jackson and Joe DiMaggio. Let's not forget, Joe DiMaggio was married to Marilyn Monroe. She's married a few times, but uh, I know he took uh, graves to her gravesite right to uh, well past, uh, right until his death uh, for a number of years. So, very special guy, Joe, Joe DiMaggio. All right, that wraps up a busy Thursday edition of Oilers Now. Fluid situation tomorrow with the show, but three of our guests will be Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers, NHL player agent Elaine Waugh, and my play-by-play partner Jack Michaels. Tonight on Inside Sports, Reed Wilkins has who, Brendan You will hear from NHL insider John Shannon on the latest developments from the league. Okay. uh, Global News from 6 to 7 and Inside Sports 7-8 with Reed Wilkins. Up next, the Global News weather traffic update with Kerry McCarthy. And uh, then uh, the 6.30 chat afternoons with Jalen and I. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.